to um, what God has been pouring into this house. And today we're going to talk about surrender. <laughs> you will say that because I'm telling you something. When God puts this in your life, when God begins to work this in your life, man, the dominoes start to fall. It's like this thing clicks off and you start to see things happen in your life that are just unbelievable. Can we stand, get into this? It's a very short passage of scripture and then we're just going to jump into it. Ready? My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Father, 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 Father. Oh, God. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for the power of your word. Thank you, Father, that every single one of us are being changed from glory to glory through strength to strength, Father, because of the power of this word. So, Father, I ask that you just breathe over this place today. I ask, Father, that people would just sit on the edge of their seats waiting on you, Father, this morning. I pray for a spirit of expectancy. Father, as you teach us, as you lead us, as you grow us up, Father, we submit to your word, Father. We surrender to your word, Father. Let everything that's of me be forgotten. Everything that's from you stand, produce fruit, be inescapable. In the name of Jesus, and they all said, Amen. 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 I wasn't going to do this, but the, the Lord used it in my life, so I'm just going to, to um, put it down here, and y'all can... Do what you want to with it, but I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. <laughs> this passage of Scripture, this passage of Scripture that we just read, to me just has the fragrance of surrender on it. It says, I'm not proud. I'm not haughty. Do you know that haughtiness and pride are two of the seven things that God says he hates? You would think it would be something else because there are things we hate a whole lot more than pride and arrogance and haughtiness. But those are uh, two, the, the, it's a psalm of ascent, and David is saying, I'm not proud, I'm not haughty, and I do not concern myself with things that are too much for me, basically. Do you ever start thinking about things and you think, I am never going to figure this out? This is, you know, calculus. <laughs> Some of you have it. But these things that we occupy our minds with that really we have no business occupying ourselves with, the things that, that consume us. And, and a psalm of ascent is a traveling song. That means when David wrote this song, it was about going from one place to the next, you know? And I like that it is a psalm of ascent because that means he's moving up. And I don't know about you, but I would like to move up today, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you like to move up spiritually? Wouldn't you like to press in just a little bit deeper, grab hold of just a little bit more of him, step into his presence just a little bit further? I know I would. Ah, but there's this this mystique, this mystery, this, this dangerous element of getting too close to God, isn't there? Because all of a sudden there might be less of us and more of Him. That's an absolutely good thing. Because I don't know about you, but I was a mess. And so I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, he's, David says, I have calmed and quieted myself, which tells me at some point in his life he was neither calm nor quiet. It also tells me, he says, I do not concern myself with things that are too much for me, which tells me that he let his mind get him sometimes, travel down these roads, but that perhaps he shouldn't have. But he says, instead, 
I have calmed and quieted myself, and I have become like a weaned child, like a weaned child with its mother. And that part just kind of struck me when it was talking about that, because a weaned child is normally around the age of two, one to two in that area. I have a grandson, Parker. He is almost two. He'll be two in, in March. And Oh, wait, this is March. <laughs> Catch up. And... Um, he has this thing that he loves to do, and his daddy taught it to him, and, and you'll be holding him, and he'll be up on your hip, and he'll just give you this smile, and then he will just throw back. I mean, go totally limp in your arms. You're like, the child has passed out. And he just throws himself back, and, and then he'll just laugh as his father just swings him back and forth, you know, with his arms just hanging there. And that's all well and good, unless you're his grandmother. <laughs> and you don't know the trick. And you're holding him, and this angelic child looks at you and smiles and then just drops backwards. And as you're holding on to that one leg, you find your prayer language. Perhaps for the first time. <laughs> but see, there's this element of trust in a child that age. He has come to understand that mama and daddy are going to take care of him. He's not stressed out. He might not be being fed in the way that he was in the beginning, but he's being uh, taught to feed himself. Let's ponder that one for just a moment. If Pastor Wayne were here, he'd go, Sila. Pause calmly and think upon. Sila. Sometimes we got to get off of the milk and we got to move to a place where we can actually feed ourselves. Do you understand that it's not Pastor Ronnie's fault or my fault or Kevin's fault or your leader's fault if you are starving to death spiritually? Did I say that out loud? Good, because I intended to. <laughs> but we get to the place where we are responsible for our own feeding. If we have a good parent, they will teach us, they will train us, and they will provide the food for us. Amen? And see, what a wonderful thought. That thought just captured me to think of living a life that is so trusting that I can trust this good parent of mine, this good father of mine, enough that I can just smile and throw back and trust him to catch me. And see, that's the kind of father we've got. And we are so timid. We are so scared. We're so fearful because we don't trust him enough to just let go. He's never dropped me. I don't know about you. He's never dropped me. He's never let me go. And see, there's this assurance in this weaned child. And I love the thought that we can live our lives like that, that we can be calmed. Who needs some calm in your life? Those of you who were in my office last week should have raised your hand. You need some calm in your life. You need to be quieted. And you need to stop thinking about all this garbage and step into a place of trust. See, there's this place in God, there's this level of God engagement that we can come to in our lives that allows us to, to move beyond the fear, to step out of the places where we are in total control and we demand that our will be done. We step into that place, that deeper level of God engagement that moves us into trust. And that level is called surrender. <coughs> surrender is to Nathan. If your name is Nathan, you are in big trouble. Your life is going to be spent just constantly surrendering. Nathan, they're all looking at Nathan. <laughs> no pressure. Um, 
but it means to yield, to bestow upon, to give over, to grant permission, to take your will and your power and your authority and give, someone, give it over to someone else's will and power and authority. To Nathan is to surrender. And not only to surrender, let's take it just a little bit further. We surrender when we are influenced. We are surrendering when we are influenced, divinely compelled, is what it says, to be divinely compelled toward change. Now, we know about being compelled and we know about being influenced in the wrong direction, don't we? We've all been there. We've allowed people who were stronger than us or had things that were tempting to us and we were moved and swayed in that direction. But what about, what if there's this divine compelling that God can only do? What if there's this compelling where he actually draws us towards surrender? I love that thought. I love that he draws us towards surrender because until we surrender, until we really let go, there's this battle waging. Do you all know what I'm talking about? There's a battle that is waging, uh, being uh, waged and it's between two forces. There's the compelling force of Christ. The word tells us that God's love compels us. It draws us. It woos us. There's a fragrance about it that, that causes us to want to move toward it. So there's the compelling force of God. And then there's also this force of resistance that we have. Because, see, the opposite of surrender is resistance. If we're not surrendering, we're resisting. And see, when we resist, resist means to exert uh, effort, to exert force in the opposite direction. We don't like to think that we're exerting force in a direction opposite of God. We think when we're disobedient, it's pretty static and we're staying in the same place. We might not be moving forward with him, but we're definitely you know, staying in the same place, but we're not. When we're not submitting and surrendering to God, we're not staying in the same place. We are exerting force in the opposite direction we're pulling away from. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to pull away from him. I don't want to, definitely don't want to exert force against someone who has been so good to me, who has done nothing but help me, who has done nothing but minister to me and, and draw me out. This kind of God that we have. I think a perfect example, Pastor Ronnie's going to teach in, on submission in a couple of weeks. And with me teaching on surrender, I was just kind of talking to the Lord. Lord, explain the differences in this to me. You know, because a lot of times we use those words interchangeably and they're not. They're not. Because in the, the, the thing that he showed me, he said, okay, and I, it was just, I love that God gives you pictures and he doesn't even have to explain them. You know what they are. When I said, like, God, just show me what this is. And I saw this path and I saw like this raging river beside it. And they were running the same course. And he said, submission is the path. Submission is the path because you're allowed every day to make a choice. Submission is a decision. And every day you make a choice to put one foot in front of the other, to come under the leadership and the authorities that God has placed over you, whether it's at work or whether it's in your household or whether it's in your church, whatever. The leadership that God has placed over you, you're making a decision because God is teaching you and you're learning about authority and you're coming into that place. That's the path, that's submission. Surrender 
is the river. <laughs> surrender is the river. Because let me tell you something, when you step into that river of surrender, that place of surrender, <laughs> your relationship to Christ is very clearly defined in those moments. Because when you step into that river and you take that jump, you are in the grip of his grace. You are being moved at his speed. You are being moved under his power and his authority. You can, you can paddle all you want. <laughs> but it is going to be the force of that river, that move of that river of surrender that, that moves you toward the most unexpected, most amazing places. And see, people who really like to be in control love the path. I know there's a, we like the path, it's safer. We can bow our will day by day by day rather than give up our lives and go take me where you will, God. Oh my goodness. But I don't know about you, I would much rather go on the river rampage than walk around it. <laughs> you know, I would much rather be a part of that. I would much rather be a part of what God is doing. So, do you surrender? Or do you submit? I really tried every way possible to get out of sharing anything personal today. <laughs> See, God takes us, and, and there have been so many places of surrender in my life, and I know it sounds like there ought to be just one. You would think with the word surrender that everything would go with that, right? But it doesn't, because God in his grace allows us to surrender at our own levels of knowledge and understanding. So when God came to me and went, I want to deal with this, and I thought I had surrendered all, it was because he had only pulled back a portion of the covers. See, God in his grace doesn't go, well, there you are. <laughs> I know it feels like that sometimes. But in his grace, he allows us to peel the onion slowly, you know, to get to those layers and go, yeah, God, I see that. That is such a mess. Oh, God, I surrender that. And we surrender that area. And we, in his grace, he allows us to think that that's all there is. <laughs> when in his mind, he's going February 2nd of 2000, and we're going to pull back another one. And that's kind of what has happened. In his grace, God has allowed me many surrenders. And with every surrender, he has just changed me. He has just transformed my life. It has been messy. And it has been marvelous. It has been so good. And so I, what I wanted to do is just share some of those with you today, if I might. Amen? See if you might. I'm hoping, Lord, please let them see themselves in this. Don't let me be out on this ledge all alone, God. <laughs> uh, the very first one that I'm going to share with you, it isn't the first one that ever occurred, but it's the first one that I'm bold enough to share. And... Um, the first one was I was a young woman and we had a couple of kids and they were very small and, and everything was great. I was serving the Lord. I was um, working with women's ministries. I was writing music. I was doing those things and I thought I had nothing to surrender. I mean, things were good. I was doing what I was supposed to do. Well, of course, I didn't like anybody, but... <laughs> And every time I got a call and someone needed help, I was like, oh, really? <laughs> okay, I had a stinky attitude, but I was serving anyway. And so I know none of you have ever done that. 
and I was serving and I was doing these things and being the Christian and thought of everything was okay. And then one day we were in the praise team and we were standing and we were singing this song and worship was taking place. And, and I can tell you what the song was. All I know is that the fragrance of God began to move through the house just began to move through the house, and don't you know that it's dangerous when that happens? Uh, that's why you see people leave during altar services. Anyway, so this song is going on, and I begin to hear, that just somewhere close to me, I can hear this woman begin to break. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And she just begins to weep, and as, as she weeps, I can feel it. You ever been near someone, and they begin to break before the Lord, and you want to grab hold of something, you know? And so I can hear this wailing, and I hear her just beginning to break, and you can hear this shattering in her spirit. And as, as this is taking place, I'm just like, oh, God, help her. God, Jesus, minister to her. And I hear her begin to say, Lord, I trust you. Oh, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. And everything in me is just kind of shaking. And I'm like, oh, God, help. And then I realized it wasn't her. It was me. I was the one. I was, it, those words were coming out of my mouth. <laughs> and they were getting louder and louder. And I was saying, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. And the next thing I knew, I was on the floor and my head was in the carpet. And I was saying, God, I trust you. I trust you, Lord. And, and if every time that I said I trusted him, part of my defenses began to come down. These walls that I put up that kept me from loving people, that kept me from trusting them, these defenses. See, I was my own defender and I didn't know it. I didn't know I was so defensive and I didn't know what it was that that I was protecting myself from. But in that moment, this divine influencer came and he just began to breathe over my life. And I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what the deal was, but he did. And so with four little words, I trust you, Lord. Surrender came in my life. My walls came down. I dropped my guard. And God began to change me. And I just wonder... Are you your own defender? Are you still adding to the bricks in your wall? Or will you allow God to bring them down? Oh, Jesus. The second place of surrender that the Lord took me to, I knew God had called me to teach, to minister, to, to um, definitely do more than what I was doing. And I did not want it. I did not want it. I was such a yo-yo. I mean, I was in one day and I was out the next, so unstable in everything that I did. And what he revealed to me was my issue was this. The closer I got to God, the louder his voice became. And so I thought if I can stay far enough away from him, if I can still serve him, well enough to feel forgiven and feel good about myself on Sunday and perhaps have someone think I'm all right, then I'm in good shape. But see, I would dance up a little bit close and I would hunger for him and I would, I would long for the fragrance of God and to be in his presence and then fear would hit me and I would step back because I didn't want to hear what he had to say because I didn't want to take that on. I just wanted to be a safe Christian. I just wanted to, to show up, pay my tithes, be okay, not go to hell kind of Christian. I didn't want the T-shirt or the bumper sticker. I didn't want any of it. I just 
wanted to be a safe Christian. And all this while I've got these two forces, this compelling force of God and this force of resistance from my own flesh going on. And I'm tearing at my own soul. I'm standing in the middle of a, a women's ministry meeting. I'm walking down the aisle. And this woman, I won't call any names, but it was Jeannie Gibson. who hears from God way too often, I might add. <laughs> she walked up to me. Oh, Jesus. She walked up the aisle, and those little eyebrows are raised. And those of you who know her know those eyebrows are raised. And she walked up the aisle, and she went, without preliminary, you should really warm people up before you do this. <laughs> Sing a song or something. <laughs> she walks up, and she says, um, Barbie, God told me to ask you, how long will you refuse your mantle? Oh. oh, I felt like I'd been punched in the stomach. I was like, oh, oh Jesus. And I just hit the floor and I put my head in the carpet and I just began to cry. And these things started coming out of my mouth. These things started coming out that I didn't know were there. And the very first thing, God, the very first thing that I heard myself saying was, God, I don't want to be my mother. But God, really? God, I don't want that reputation. I don't want to be that. I don't want to. And all I could hear coming out of my mouth was the, I want, I want, I don't want, I don't want. I, 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 what I want, what I want. And it breaks my heart to think that. I mean, guys, my mom, you couldn't do any better walking this planet than my mom. But the enemy had convinced me. The enemy had convinced me, oh, her, not, her life is not for you. And in that moment, I just began to go, God, whatever you want. God, whatever you want, that's what I want. God, I'm so tired of fighting. I'm so tired of battling. How many women are you going to send to me? <laughs> Lord, it's, it's inescapable when that compelling force, when God releases that compelling force in your life, you can run, but you cannot hide. He will find you. He will find you. Why? Because his love compels us. His love for you demands that he do so. I just wonder, what life are you running from? What calling are you avoiding? What are you hiding from? Will you be bold enough? Will you be brave enough to allow God to release his will over your life? I just wonder. The final thing I want to share, I really battled with the Lord on this one. Because it's personal and, and it makes me look bad. No, <laughs> it doesn't really. I'm teasing. It doesn't. What else? I mean, really, there's really just nothing hidden from you guys anymore, huh? You know, the Lord still speaks in dreams and visions. The Lord has always spoken to me in dreams. From the time I was a very small child, the Lord would speak to me in dreams. I think I listen best when I'm asleep. <laughs> 
I think he's like, finally, she's still. <laughs> and her mouth isn't doing this, so let's talk, you know. And he gives it to me in pictures just because I like picture books better than the others. And um, so one night I had this dream, and I'm telling you something, I am still walking out the surrender from this one. Um, several years ago, and I had been running from God for a long time from this call into ministry, from this call to, to do what he, he had asked me to do. And one night I went to, uh, to bed and I had this dream. And in this dream, I was running down the hallway here at church. Do not run in the halls. But I was running down the hallway in, here in the church and I had my arms full of clothes. And I knew that I needed to change clothes because what I had on was not appropriate for my assignment. So I was running, and I was opening this class door and looking in, and there were people there. And then I would open this one, and there were more people. I'm like, well, the people, God? And, but I'm running, and I'm trying to find this place where I can just change clothes, and there's this sense of urgency about it. I have to get these clothes changed. And as I'm darting down the hallway, I hear Pastor Ronnie's voice behind me, and he says, Barbie. And I stop. And he said, can you be instant in season? And I said, yes, sir. And when I said, yes, sir, I turned, and he and I were standing in this doorway. And he was on this side of the doorway facing inward, and I was on this side of the doorway facing toward him. And in this doorframe, in this doorway, there was this man, and he was tall, and he was um, bulky and muscular and just big. And uh, he was in this doorframe, and he began to sag in this doorframe. And I knew in my dream that this was not just an ordinary man. I knew, somehow I just knew in my dream, that this man represented the body that worships together here. And so Pastor Ronnie is behind this man. Um, the, the man's back is to Pastor Ronnie. And Pastor Ronnie has his arms out under the man's arms. And he is praying for this man as this man's weight is just sinking in this doorway this old large man and Pastor Ronnie looks across the man's shoulder and he says can you take my weight and I said yes sir let me plant my feet and in my dream I just put my foot back and I planted my foot and I put my hands out and Pastor Ronnie shifted the man's put his shoulder into the man's back and shifted the man's weight toward me in portion and when he shifted the man's weight my feet started to slip and Pastor Ronnie spoke very sternly to me, and he said, Barbie, he would never do that, though. <laughs> I need you to take my weight, and I said, yes, sir, and I looked across his shoulder, and I said, will you release me, and he looked back, and he said, I release you, and when he said, I release you, I put my hands into that man's chest, and I began to pray in the spirit, I mean, the Holy Ghost met us there, and I began to pray in the spirit, and that man just stood up in his strength and I opened my eyes and Pastor Ronnie the weight was off of him and he was happy and he was walking down the hallways and he was shepherding and he was loving and, and he was embracing people and, and he was doing all of these things that God had called him to do. I woke up to the sound of sobbing. Once again my own. Oh, I just cried and I cried and I cried and I cried. 
in the middle of the night because God had gone and done this thing. He had stepped across this invisible line that I had drawn in my life where I had said, God, I will go this far and no further. And he had stepped across it. I trusted him. He stepped across it and he touched this place in my life that I thought I had hidden, this place that I thought I could hold back. And he went and touched it. But you know what the most amazing thing is? I was no longer afraid. The tears that I cried in the middle of that night were not because I was afraid. It was because of this great honor. This great honor that God would entrust me to minister to his people. That God would allow me that he would allow me to do this thing. You should be more trained than I am. You should be more able than I am. You should be more equipped. But God is so full of grace and mercy. Do you know when he calls you, he will equip you? Do you know that anything he asks you to do, he will prepare you to do? Ah, oh, Jesus. He has you. He has you. He's not going to ask you to go somewhere he's not gone or somewhere that he will not go with you. All he's asking is that we just surrender to jump into that river and to allow him to take us. Can we just let God get creative about our lives? Can we just allow him to paint this portrait? Can we just allow him to be the artist that he is instead of us approaching him in our little paint by numbers and expecting something to happen? Oh, come on, guys, you're an arts community. You should so be there. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Where's that praise team? You know what I believe? God has another level of God engagement for you today. God has a place. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know that some of you feel like you've got a finger pointing on a place of your life right now where God is going, let this go. Let this go. And you've been torn this way and torn that way and torn this way and torn that way. And it is time to step into that river of surrender and to simply allow God to take you where God will take you. Can you be that brave? Can you be that bold? Friday morning, I broke an expensive bottle of perfume. By expensive, it was more than $4. I broke an expensive bottle of perfume. And it was one of those perfumes that where one touch, one drop will get you through the day and have people going. So when I dropped it and it broke, it hit a hard surface, the top broke, and it would have been all pretty bad if I could have just wiped it off of that hard place. But it poured into the carpet poured into the carpet, went down into the core, saturated the fibers, and my whole house is very fragrant right now. All day Friday, all Friday night, I battled that. I battled trying to do something with that fragrance, but it had gone too deep, spread too far, gotten into the fibers, and so Saturday morning, all through Saturday night, or all through Friday night, into Saturday morning, I would wake up and I would smell this fragrance and I would get frustrated. Like, God, why couldn't it have just spilled here? Why couldn't I have just contained this thing? Early Saturday.
Saturday morning, wee hours of the morning, I was awakened and that fragrance hit me strong and powerful. And before I could say a word, I heard his spirit say, this is like surrender. It goes deep into the core. It saturates the fibers of your life. And the fragrance fills your house. It affects those who are close to you. It affects all of those who come into the presence. It envelops you within its folds. It's inescapable. And in that place, you can calm and quiet yourself. And you can become like a weaned child with his mother. That is surrender. That is the fragrance of God that we find in that first passage. And that is the fragrance of God that we find in our lives when we finally stop resisting Him. Stop resisting Him. Let Him take you to that next level. Let Him take back that one thing that has kept you from obedience thus far. Can you stand with me? For the last couple of weeks... I've had, I I wanted something to just, for the Lord to just remind me, walk in surrender, surrender. It's about the river. And and so I I got these little tiny rubber bands and I know you can't see it, but I got it on my thumb and I've been carrying it on my thumb for a while now so that no matter what I set my hands to, I'm reminded, surrender, surrender. So surrender can have a grip on me. And I'm going to set these up here. And you're welcome to them at the end of service. And if you just want to take it and put one on your thumb for a week or two and see what God reminds you of. But we're going to step into a place right now that um, I believe we just want to surrender. If you are one of the people that really needs a touch from God this morning to be set free, to step into that place of surrender, can you come in line right here first? And then behind them, I would like the uh, elders or any prayer partners that we might have to come. And we're going to pray for each other. But instead of weeping and wailing and mourning, what we're going to do is we're going to make a declaration. And that declaration is, I'm going to stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one. (laughs) So if you are one that needs surrender, can you come first? And then the elders and the leaders come behind them. And then the rest of you, we're just going to let him know that we are going to stand and we are going to worship. And we're going to make some declarations today of surrender in our own lives.
all I am is yours. All I am is yours. And if you feel led to in this moment, if you just want to kneel, and if you just want to, in, a, in a, a posture of surrender, to go, God, all that I have is yours. Lord, all that I have, I submit to you, Father. But beyond that, I surrender. All that I am is yours. All that I am is yours. That is for those who need that breakthrough. Now, the rest of you stand behind them and begin to just minister to them. Just begin to minister. Father, I thank you, God. I thank you for the way that you call us, Father, further and deeper into your intimacy, God. Father, breathe over these, Lord. Breathe over them, Father, as they come into your presence, Lord. Release them, Father, the things that have held them, the things that have bound them. Father, I speak release in the name of Jesus. Father, be released in the name of Jesus. Bless you, Lord. 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 Now the rest of us, we're just going to declare, I'll stand. I'll stand. With
saturate these lives, Father. May we walk in surrender. May we step into that river, Father, where we step into the grip of your grace, Father. Father, move us as you would move us. Change us as you would change us. Take us where you would take us, Father. Let the blessing of the influence, the compelling force of God, permeate everything you do. In the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ, we ask it. Amen and amen. So I will stand. You are released. Hallelujah.